0: What's up, guys? Before we start the show, I would like to give a shout-out to scottscheapflights.com. Scott, who is our guest today, and his team of flight-finding gurus somehow find the absolute best deals I've ever seen. Jackie and I booked a ticket from Zurich to Singapore for around $400, about half off. And I've seen crazier deals, including round-trip tickets to Europe for as low as $250. Scott, you must be crazy. If you are serious about traveling more in 2018, this is the place to start. For only $30 a year, you can not only get your money back and more in one flight, but solve the terrible paradox of choice problem. That where should I go question that grinds travel plans to a halt before they even get started. So get out there. It's 2018 and there's a world to explore. And start your year off by signing up for ScottsCheapFlights.com Welcome
1: to Oyster World.
2: <inaudible> Oyster World. Hot <inaudible> <Radio.
0: inaudible> Hello, oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the... Well, this one's a little bit different. Well, on my travels, I've also been able to meet and talk to some kick-ass Americans that have translated their skills that they've acquired during their travels into their daily lives. Finally, we get to answer that other side of the equation, the what is the point of travel? Travel gets pegged as a fun and free lifestyle set aside for hippies, retirees, social outcasts, but that could not be farther from the truth. On the contrary, travel helps sharpen many tangible skills that you can directly translate into your career, life, or whatever you want, let alone help you stop and actually think about your life and its trajectory. To help me walk through the topic, I'm joined by Scott Kyes. Scott is an extremely experienced traveler that has been able to translate his travels and magical ways of finding cheap flights into a business. What did he learn from the road? Guess he'll just have to listen to find out. Now on to the show.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Oyster World Radio. I'm really excited about this one. We're going to try a new format that I've been wanting to test out for a while, and I found the perfect, perfect person to do it. His name is Scott Kyes. I think you might know him from a little business called scottscheapflights.com, and he has some great stories that he's going to share with us today. So, Scott, say hello to everyone out there.
2: Hey, everybody. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, so... When when we're traveling around, we we gather all these stories. We don't really get to unleash some of the crazy stuff that happens to us on the road, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. And I know a lot of people out there have been questioning. You know, what what are the benefits of long-term travel? What does long-term travel really do, especially in a career-focused society like the U.S.? What are the real benefits? And we're going to tackle one of those today, and one of my favorites that. I have been trying to battle for the last 24 hours trying to find good Wi-Fi is improv. Mm -hmm. Improv. Improv, for me, just to give a little example, trying to find Wi-Fi abroad is probably one of the most frustrating activities that you could do especially to try to talk to your family and trying to find good Wi-Fi for a podcast mm-hmm. interview has you running around a city like Edinburgh, Scotland for hours <laughs> buying lots of coffee and testing Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really important skill. And I know it's something that I will always bring back to me. And the more I talk about travel and the way that it challenges you on the road, what, what do you think of, as a time... When your improv skills were really put to the test.
2: Yeah, it, it's an interesting question because different people handle you know challenges and bumps in the roads and and, and whatnot in different ways. Some people you know get really flustered when it doesn't exactly go to plan. Some people uh, are really just there to ride the wave and see how it all all goes and don't you know don't bad an eye at it. Yeah, yeah. It. I try. I always, I, you know, I always try to be more that second person because, to me, like, one of the interesting things about travel is everything that happens to you there that you didn't expect that it would, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You take, a, you, you know, you schedule a trip to to London. It's not like it's a big surprise that you're going to go see, you know, Big Ben. You're going to see House of Parliament. You're going to see. The eye, you know, the shard, you name it. You can go on Google right now and look up images of things and they're going to look exactly like you expect them to. And that's not to say that it doesn't enjoy, that it's not enjoyable actually being able to see those things in person. Mm -hmm. But it's the little sort of like alleyways and neighborhoods, the little, you know, shops that you pop in that you wouldn't find just surfing the web, you know, that, those little sort of encounters that happen throughout the day that you wouldn't necessarily expect that end up being some of the most memorable. I think t- like times of of travel, the things that you can't that you can't really plan for, but the ones that that end up having the most impact, I, I think, are the the things that you didn't expect to happen, but but you know, do anytime you, you travel and throw yourself in a new environment.
1: I, I completely, completely agree with that. It is the little things and it's the little things that make the city yours almost. It's like when you're living in a place for a long time, you, you do the same thing. You find these little spots that aren't the big bends, that aren't the, the golden gate bridges of the world, but these little coffee shops that are, mm-hmm. you know, the owner and can, can talk. So for me, especially over the last two months, I have been able to flex my improv muscle pretty much every day because you have to and at first it's hard it is hard i remember Mm -hmm. in germany when when you're set into a system and you're working every day and you're not really working that muscle when you're thrown into a new environment and you have to start over when you don't have those backups then it can be it can be really tough it can be really tough and i know that and in the working world, that's that's helped me, or at least with my projects and my podcast. And I can feel my creativity mm. getting getting stronger and stronger because it, it is almost like a muscle. You have to use it every single day, and Dremel it forces you to. It literally forces you to. Yeah. And that's a definitely a good side of improv. That's a controlled and happy side <laughs> of improv.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: but what do you think? What is, what is a story that comes out in your mind when you think of the this, this happy infra what, What's a, a really happy memory that you have of stumbling onto something that you never expected to?
2: Oh, man. Um, okay, so I, my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I were traveling in uh, Japan. and We took a, a train uh, from Kyoto to this place on the um, uh, Sea of Japan, or the the, the northern uh, side of it called Totori. Mm-hmm. Uh, the northern side of the country where these like random kind of sand dunes um yeah. in the country very very odd place you can go like dune boarding there so we're just walking around one morning and mind you you know unlike osaka unlike tokyo english is not very prominent in Totori. yeah um and so you know we're trying to like rely on little things here and there but um and the language barrier is so,
1: so hard, right? Me, right.
2: Exactly. Like, like our J- Japanese is very, very minimal. So we wind up uh, uh, finding one morning a an onsen, which is um, essentially a thermal, uh, like a public thermal bath. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, think like a, just heated up by underground, you know, volcanic yeah. magma. Cool. So like a <laughs> geothermal water. spring, and almost. Yeah, exactly. It's a hot spring. Um, and so in this town there's they've essentially like created a a um a building around it. You know, it's not exactly out in nature, but it's uh, uh these public baths that you can go in, you know, you pay some nominal entrance fee and just hang out and bathe in the uh in, in the kind of thermal hot spring. Yeah. It's not so, so nice. man, that sounds really cool. So we go in, you know, it's already this like really cool sort of experience but so we get in and the workers are trying to sort of motion to us and they're saying okay you know saying pointing to me and saying like pointing to the left and then pointing to uh, um my wife and saying like okay to the right so we go in and you know in these types of situations when you don't know what's going on you just try to like what do you do you look around and you see what other people are doing you just kind of try to follow and emulate them so i didn't i had no idea what to expect you know right right right. like do i Get down to my, like, underwear? Do I go, like, <laughs> do I go full nude? Like, who knows what the deal is. So, you know, I see, uh, you know, like, a few other guys there, and they're going full birthday suit. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's Might what we're Might as well, we're, doing.
1: we're in Japan. You got to um, go for it.
2: Yeah, so, you know, do that, and then you're, like, supposed to, you, you, you know, you, you shower, you have a great time, you, you like, then you, you go in the thermal baths. So it was very relaxing. I had a great time. I get, then I get out, and I talk to Anya, and and, and she just has this, like, Look on her face, like, oh man, what just happened there? And so <laughs> she like basically had the same experience of me, of where she walked into the thermal bath, and these, you know, just a handful of probably like Japanese women, probably in their like early 70s or so, could just tell she had no idea what to do, no idea what was going on. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to walk? Am I supposed to like? take a shower first? Do I, like, get right in the back? What, 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 like, what is it? What's so the they just basically right? ended up, like, right, just, like, through hand motions, essentially, all six of them just started, like, get, like washing her and bathing her and showing her, like, how it's done. And, then, like, 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 and she's just, in this moment, it's like, oh, my God, like, think of where I am in the world right now, in this, like, random part of Japan, where I've never been before, and, and these, like, English random... Like, <laughs> so yeah, just... six or seven women are just, like, Washing my back, and I am like, none of can you can communicate, but we all just kind of like, oh, this is kind of like random and cool. And then, like, and this is know, those types of stories are just <laughs> some of the most memorable, even though we uh, obviously it was something that we never would have expected or been able to. Oh, plan absolutely.
1: For. And I mean, I, I love those moments. I've been getting a more and more of this, where you just sit back and you go, where where the hell am I right now? You just kind of question mm-hmm. everything for yeah. a second. Like, hold on, I'm halfway across the world and these 70-year-old Japanese women are bathing me and we can't even speak. This is amazing. Like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that—that that is something that I really ran into and really helped me with my improv, is the language barrier. The language barrier is a beast. I... Didn't quite I knew it was gonna be hard. Everyone knows it's gonna be hard when you're in it very different And I'm sure you've been to a lot of places and there's no possible way you could have learned every single language (laughs) And for me, I know It felt like every single one of my social tactics I would say every one of my Ability to make friends and connect with people was just thrown out the window like oh, yeah These have been developed for the last 25 years. You can't use them anymore. Good luck now order a beer and <laughs> I just remember,
2: it's a tough, it's a tough thing because, like, I think with language, it's surprising for 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 people who haven't traveled abroad. I think it can be surprising how much you can still communicate without knowing even like basically any any of it. You know, if I go to Croatia well like, I can't speak any right, you know, any local language, but but I it's always surprising and comforting to me how much communication can like nonverbal communication can happen. you know, either whether it's like pointing, whether it's just like smiling, whether it's just sort of kind of making weird noises and waving your arms shoulders, a little bit you know. and pointing yeah, at Yeah, exactly. And... Like you
1: know,
2: it, it, it's always goes way better than I think it was. It's not like there's going to be zero communication whatsoever at the same time what i think is can be most difficult especially if you're moving to a new place where you don't speak the language and you know going to be living there long term is like while it's easy to sort of bridge that that very basic communication gap it's really difficult to bridge the the greater one where you're actually communicating in a lost way in in a connection
1: worthy way where you actually get to know each other. Yeah.
2: So like I've been working my Spanish for years and I can get, you know, it's to a point now where I can like speak decently, but I still like basically for any given thing that I might want to say, you know, I could say it 10 different ways in English, but I only have one way to say it in Spanish. Right. And so like, you you end up losing a little bit of your personality when you don't when you don't have those different nuances and those subtleties that you're used to being able to make to convey like who you are. You know, I say this type of word on this type of like intonation or something. Right. If you only have one way to say something, it's a it's a lot more difficult to sort of let your personality express itself. That is a uh, really, uh, really, so really good it,
1: point. It, long a long yeah, that is a really really good point because that's something that I. I've run into, too. I guess I haven't really been able to put into words, and you put it perfectly. It's almost as if a part of your personality isn't there. Your little jokes that you've refined over the years, talking yeah. to your friends and talking crap with your friends, is just not there anymore. You, you don't have the words to say that. But on the other hand, you have to get really creative. Maybe you don't know the word, a very complicated yeah. word, and then you talk around it. Until you finally get to the other point, you do have to get very. You get very creative. It
2: it just—it tends to be just much more, like language tends to be much more sort of functional and factual, you know, when you're just sort of starting out. You just say, you know, that apple is red. Like, where is the bathroom? You know, and not like, hey, you know what? Like, do the do apples like are they? tasting good this time of year? Like, are they usually coming in, you know, to season around now or is it later? Like, do you know, those types of things that are actually interesting conversation right. are much,
1: much, much more
2: difficult to but convey. there's something
1: to it. I mean, language is really hard. The language barrier is really hard, but I know I learned a lot about myself too, going through that process. Mm-hmm. And you, you really look at what you say to in English. Again, once you're trying to dissect a new language and find words and almost build what you say in English in a new language it's really interesting to see and really dissect what you say in English it's almost like a reverse engineering uh in my mind anyway it's kind of how I picture it it's like okay well this is what I say in English how and this is my personality Mm -hmm. in English how do I convey that and that process is really really interesting it's um yeah it's really helped me refine my speech too I I used to say like all the time like a 17 year old cali girl and now I've kind of uh, phased that out a little bit because I'm much more aware of what I do or what I speak. And what I speak because of the language learning process, and it's been really rewarding at the same time. And I really recommend everyone to do it, but did you see, would you say that's about the same experience you had in Spanish? Or did you have a different experience when you were learning Spanish?
2: It's It was difficult because it's it, it, look i've never run a marathon but from what i hear from people who do or run like really long distances essentially you everybody who does it at a certain point you know whether it's mile 10 whether it's mile 20 like who knows you're gonna hit a wall at some point the only thing you can do at that point is it's just sheer mental like just to keep going and I think of language sometimes as a similar sort of endeavor where I, it's always going to be much easier for me to revert to English, no matter what I'm doing, you know, to find like finding right. a speaking crowd to hang out with them because like in any given moment, that's easier. It's more comfortable, it's fun, right. and happier, Exactly. but like in the long run, you know, forcing myself into those uncomfortable situations is the only way that I'm going to actually get good at this. And so it, 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 you know, it's a real sort of eat your vegetables moment that is, I like that a lot. I think I we like can all know, we can all know it, but it, but it can still be like difficult to, to put into practice. I mean, I don't, you know, basically everybody in the world would love to, to be able to speak other languages. I mean that, you know, of course, but it's just like, who's willing to actually put in the time and work and effort to, to make that happen. Exactly. Uh, uh
1: yeah different questions exactly and you know maybe travel is the the kick that you need because i know i was practicing a little bit of german here and there back in the states but when i actually went to germany like oh wow now i have to do it now i have to do it so that's mm-hmm. another way to you know almost force yourself put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you you must learn the language otherwise you can't speak to your relatives or make friends that easily <laughs> or or anything like that and then you know i i get a question a lot too of you know, I hope, or maybe more of a statement and statement and questions. Uh, how is this going to impact your career? Or I hope this this gap here doesn't influence uh, your career in a bad way. And I know a lot of people in the U.S. have that mindset. And just from the, the going back to the improv, improv alone, I know that I can come back stronger because I've been in the workforce and now I come here and I, I tell you what, I've been flexing my creative muscles more every day here than than anywhere else. And part of it is every day wandering around trying to find these new spots, trying to understand what's going on yeah. and navigate a new city. I'll tell you a funny, <laughs> one of my funny stories is, is it's funny now, probably wasn't as funny as the time, but since I was moving over here for a year, I had all of my luggage, I had a giant two giant suitcases, well, I carry on in a giant suitcase, and I get off the tube in London and I'm trying to find my Airbnb in Whitechapel, and...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: my phone dies. So I'm like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I could go into a coffee shop, but no, I got this. I was all bullheaded. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. I got this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm rolling my huge-ass suitcases around London and their sidewalks are not great. So the wheels are getting stuck and everything. Yeah. In London's chaos, sure, sure. there's just people everywhere jaywalking. I always look the wrong way while crossing the street, so I'm almost getting hit <laughs> by buses. And my phone's dead. I'm like, okay, well, eventually this isn't this isn't gonna work. And I looked around, I'm like I have no idea where I, where I was. But I remember one yeah. one key detail, and I knew that I needed to go southwest of the train station that I needed to go. And I knew this a couple of the street names in the area. And my friend happened to give me a, a compass as a gift. So old school style, <laughs> I pulled out this, my friend Tim's little gift, looked at my compass found southwest and was wandering around London with a compass and a dead phone, and eventually mm. found my spot. And those are the moments mm. when you realize, man, I'm kind of badass. I can figure stuff out. Yeah. Even well, man, those are
2: the those are the times that are most memorable, right? Like the things that you didn't expect to happen. Almost the struggles,
1: but you still too. like the struggles. Are yeah, really find fun it and work, and work through. <laughs> yeah, once you once you get
0: through yeah. it. But what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean,
1: that's what I always
2: remind myself when like things aren't going according to plan when I'm traveling. Is like, this is gonna make a good memory someday, you know? going through the time? That's for sure. You know, remember that time I got got arrested like in Thailand or something like that? Was crazy, like you know, like like stuff like that. Well, you can't just say
1: that you got arrested in Thailand and not tell the story. Oh
2: God, I did.
1: Oh, okay, you Pardon didn't. Me. If
2: I if I, do, <laughs> I wouldn't be talking about it. But no.
1: <laughs> well, what is what is a really great story that you had that things didn't go so great, but now it's one of your favorite memories?
2: Oh, man. Um, okay, so one time I was traveling in, uh, right after college, you know, did the sort of traditional backpacking around Europe, and I, I went to, I was in Portugal, mm-hmm. uh, just having a, Bad time. I hadn't slept well. Like, like I just, I, like, it was just a series of just uh, of unfortunate events. and unfortunate event. I, I like couldn't. I, I like didn't have my ATM card. wasn't working. My phone wasn't working. Like nothing was happening. Good. Just one of so those things. boy. So I was days, like, all right, oh boy. screw this. Screw <laughs> it. Like, I'm done with this. I'm just gonna take a um a bus down to the southern coast. Uh, um. To, city, a small city called Fado. And so I show up, um, to take a bus that was supposed to leave at 2am and get in, you know, seven in the morning or something. I showed up to the bus station early because like I, I was done with Lisbon. Like it was just uh, bad times all around. And so I show up there like five hours early and lo and behold, my 2am bus was canceled.
1: Oh no! I had a ticket
2: for it, but they're like, okay, hey, you can, you know, like how you made it early, you can still get on the, like, 930 bus, the last one of the night. So rather than, like, trying, sticking around in Lisbon trying to figure out, like, where to stay yeah yeah it's like, all right, whatever, let's just do it. Let's just so get, get on the yeah. bus. You know, and I arrive in Bado, this just, like, sleepy little southern Portuguese beach town at, like, 2.30 in the morning. And mind you, this is before smartphones this is before airbnb like any of that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah i didn't have any reservations i didn't have a map i didn't know where the hell i was or where where to go and so like i sort of wandered around for a little while like figuring okay maybe like a hostel somewhere is open or something couldn't find anything nothing had open doors like it was dead there there's was nobody nothing away there's so, nobody like, there after like 35 30, minutes yeah, it's just a matter of, like, your kind of survival instincts thinking like, oh, God, where where am I going to stay tonight? And so, you know, just trying to think, like, I have this big backpack, trying to figure out, like, okay, where can I go to not be mugged?
1: <laughs> so I decided to find,
2: like, the most kind of brightest, most, most wide-open place uh, I could find, which was the marina, you know, under, like, a bunch of streetlights and stuff like that. So I just, like, went and kind of so slept, not even slept, just like laid down under a street light in the marina, oh on top God. of my backpack to make sure it was like stolen in the middle of the night. Didn't even end up sleeping, maybe like 20 minutes or something. And then at some point, like started, you know, some policemen came up and started just like like it felt like they were harassing me. Maybe it's just because I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, I think they were just telling me to like move move along. And, you know, I knew like a little bit of Spanish, but not even that much at the time. So I kept saying like, no hablo portugues, which I didn't realize in Portuguese, you have to, like the verb isn't the same. It's not hablar, it's falar. So you have to say no falo portugues.
1: I didn't know this. Oh my God. So this is just, there's police harassing you in the middle of this town, but nothing's awake. You have nothing to stay. You're in the middle of the night. You're sleep deprived.
2: It was, it was horrible. It was horrible. But you know, again, then like. Just slept just kind of in a park in the middle of the, uh, uh, um, in the middle of the town the next day with one arm through my backpack. And then like, you know, it was not fun at the time. It was pretty rough, but at the same time now I'm like, wow, that was kind of crazy that time. I just like slept, slept in, in a park Portuguese. In the
1: middle of... in the and like,
2: yeah, yeah. And that's,
1: um, that's something that you ever, you always take with you and it's, Mm-hmm. It's something that travel, I think travel is the only thing that can really do that because it puts you in those situations. You're not in the comfortable situation of your apartment and a job and something goes wrong at the job, you can still go home. You were homeless for a night. You didn't have to be, yeah. but it was just a situation that happened. But then you got that perspective at the same yeah. time.
2: And I mean, it was fine. And now, but now, like, you know, anytime... Kind of travel snafus like that happen. I always try to remind myself, like, all right, you know, it's going to make up for a funny story someday. Like, it'll be a good little party gag. uh, uh, Even even though it sucks right now,
1: I feel like that's a really good story to to start to close it out and um, to end to end the episode. I think maybe just give an example of something that you know, like you you take away from your travels. Um, I know for me, as an example, I know that. I will never, ever take for granted again a strong Wi-Fi signal and how important that is to communication and running uh, smoothly in in life. And I think over the last two and a half months, gratitude is something that I've really instilled in myself into the small things. It's actually made me a lot happier, maybe just even having a roof and being able to schedule having a room (laughs) because sometimes you don't (laughs) and gratitude for me is something that I've taken away from the last two months and for you and all of your travels and you've been to so many places over the world but what's something that you've really taken away from it all
2: one of the cool things that I like from being able to travel is learning things that you had taken for granted in the US living in the US Um, and Giving you a, a, a sort of reappreciation for those things. So, one uh, example that comes to mind is, I'm. You get very used to in the U.S. being able to. Okay, you know, I'm hungry for lunch. What am I going to eat? You know, especially mm-hmm. in a new city. I don't know. Like, let's maybe let's Google a little bit. Let's pull up Yelp. Let's like figure something out and and see what other people say is good and and you know maybe go try out somewhere there. Yeah. In a lot of other countries, you know, maybe a little bit less so in, like, Western Europe and places like that. But, you know, I used to live in Oaxaca in southern Mexico. Yeah. There's, It's just not a way that people tend to communicate information quite as much. You know, you like, there's not, like, a ton of review sites. It's not, like, everything is instantly, you know, searchable and findable, like, through Google. A lot, you, you have to do a lot of check, like, Uh, uh, um, like get Aaron guests and you have to uh, uh, ask around a lot. You have to be willing to sort of take more chances and figure things out on your own in person. And so like, well, it's not, I'm not saying like normatively one is better than the other. Yeah. It was definitely a sort of reappreciation for me that I know for me, I like to be able to just be like, Huh. I want like, you know, I want some really good sushi. Let's just let's pull up Yelp and see like where where's there good to eat around here. And you know, it, when when I just you, it's easy to sort of remember to sort of think that you can do that anywhere. Right. And and remembering that that's not always the case. Uh, uh, it's, it was a, definitely a good reminder for me a lot of times yeah,
1: when I travel. I, it, you nailed it. You appreciate it more, and then when a search does come up on Google with a lot of reviews and you go, wow, that was really cool. Because there was a long time where I mm-hmm. didn't have that. Or, or yeah. Germany being able to pay with credit cards and then having to manage cash all the time. I will never take having to swipe my credit card and then be done with it. Take that for granted ever again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> especially when I go back. Yeah, And I think it, it, yeah. for me it's definitely made a, a happier lifestyle already. You just – things don't bother me anymore because I know that you know, these are privileges almost – and it, it's, it's great. It, it just, it makes you happy that these little small conveniences can help your life go, go along. Mm. Um, mm. Well, that, that was me. Do you kind of feel the same way?
2: Yeah, no, I
1: mean, you know, it, it,
2: getting outside your comfort zone kind of forces you to think about what you and not only taken for granted, but you learn more about yourself, what you appreciate, what you don't, what you thought you couldn't live without and you're actually fine with. Um, in a way that you frankly can't really evaluate when you're just living your sort of normal day-to-day life. Um, so it's nice to get that opportunity anytime, uh, anytime you're on the road.
1: Okay. And closing thoughts from someone that's been around the world and back and has come back, started his own business, what would you tell to someone that maybe wants to take that jump, maybe wants to finally get on a plane with a one way ticket but is a little bit apprehensive? What would you say to someone like that?
2: Uh, you've got to be intentional about it. There's never going to be a perfect time to to go. There's never going to be a perfect time to, like, where there's ne- not going to be any costs to it, but, you know, a lot of times it's, it's thinking forward. So, like, I moved to Mexico God, three or four years ago, and... It was, it happened to be a pretty good time, you know, yeah, you have to give up your job, you have to give up, like, living in a place where you, have a lot of friends are used to it, but at the same time, I knew right then was a good time, because I didn't have, you know, uh, I didn't have a spouse, I didn't have kids, I didn't have a mortgage, like, none of those things that sort of tie you down, in a way, and so, I knew, but I, at the same time, I knew, like, look, if I don't kind of force myself to go, there's not going to be some, like, Perfect moment that that just screams itself to you and like, all right, now's the time that you move to England. Now's the time you move to South Africa or wherever. Like, you kind of you you really do have to be both intentional in your planning and that and being willing to finally pull the trigger on it.
1: This is a perfect way to wrap it up. So all the listeners out there, be intentional. If you really want to do this, (laughs) you gotta get it. You gotta get that ticket. You gotta go. There will never be a perfect time. That's absolutely true. So, Scott, thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. And everyone listening, check out scottscheapflight.com. It's pretty awesome. Not only does it give you cheap flights, it helps solve the paradox of choice and actually gives you cool places to go at the same time. <laughs> so thank you, man. Thank you for coming on the show. This has been fun, and we'll talk to you again soon. And hey, My pleasure, Nathan. Great chatting with you. Take care, man.
0: Three, four. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio production of Oyster World LLC. Thanks again, Scott Kies, for coming on the show. Check out Scottscheaplights.com. You will not regret it. And shout out for the Starbucks in Edinburgh, Scotland, for giving me just enough Wi-Fi to make it happen. Keep up to date on everything going on in the Big Gap here on Instagram at Nathan.wanders. We are making our way through Thailand. Check out all the links in the show description for more information. Special thanks to charlie millican for all of the oyster jams check them out on spotify or at charlie that's m-i-l-l-i-k-i-n don't forget to support the show on patreon that's patreon. at patreon.com forward slash oyster world radio thanks again for tuning into the show we'll be back but until then this is nathan lieberman signing off I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about all the time that's gone by It's time for a change in my day-to-day scene Time to turn around from that clock Face the mirror right? and change me